0: This is T. M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Arjeeling. Book Four, Coming Home, Chapter Eleven Their mother sat in an old chair with her back to them, staring blankly into the distance beyond. She wore a suit, the coat and skirt faded and frayed, hanging in tatters. Gee thought it might be the outfit she'd been wearing the morning of the accident. The pale skin of her arms and face was mottled with scrapes and bruises. And she was whispering, silently gasping out the same horrible words over and over again. I let you fall. I let you drown. She did not appear to know her children, did not even notice that they were right there in front of her. What's wrong with her? she asked. I don't know. Assam crouched down to stare into his mother's dull eyes. Mom, it's me. It's Sam. We're here. She did not answer, no flicker of recognition at all. "'Mom?' G said. Assam held up his hand to quiet her. He leaned forward and gently touched his mother's mind with his own. He snapped back immediately and straightened up. "'What is it?' his sister asked. He shook his head. He didn't know what it was. He didn't know what he had seen there, but something was very wrong. He'd never felt anything like it before.' and it frightened him g leaned in is she and then their mother began to scream it was a horrible thing to watch she flailed wildly in her chair slapping her hands in the air and across her face and arms adding livid red welts on top of the older bruises already blooming there through it all her children stood there clutching each other and crying It went on for a very long time, too long to bear and longer still, longer than any living person should have breath to scream. And then, finally, she let out one single wailing gasp and trailed off into silence again, lowering her arms and staring out into the middle distance. "'I let you fall,' she whispered. "'I let you drown.' If he. G began, but her brother cut her off. No, he gently let go of her and stepped closer to their mother. She's not dead. Then what's wrong with her? Assam walked around the chair, listening without getting too close. I think she's asleep, he said after a moment. I think she's dreaming. Dreaming of what? she asked. The look he gave her in response was very older brother. I don't know, he said, but it doesn't look like it's a very happy dream, does it? So what do we do? He considered for a moment, walking around their mother once more. I think, he said as he came to a stop behind the chair, we need to wake her up. He reached out and put a hand on her shoulder. Mom? It was all he had time to say before the world turned inside out around him. In school, a psalm science teacher had spent a couple of days telling them about magnetism. During the lesson, he had handed out small black bars about the size of a stick of gum, Each student also got a small dish of coarse, dark powder. Following the teacher's instructions, Assam sprinkled the powder over the little black bar, amazed to see the grains arrange into patterns around the magnet, bending outward in visible waves like ripples across a pond. When he touched his mother's shoulder, Assam felt something surge through him, felt himself crumble and fold inward, no more than a handful of dust shaped around her dream. And then, he was in the back seat of their car. Outside the window, snow fell between him and the winter trees, dark sky beyond. In front, the radio murmured too quietly to be heard and not loud enough to drown out his mother, whispering as she drove, I let you fall, she whispered. I let you drown. He tried to answer her, tried to speak. Nothing. She did not, could not hear him. He reached out his hand to touch her shoulder, to comfort her, to wake her up. She was too far away. Then he heard her gasp. Heard the screech of the tires and the howl of the truck as it bore down on them. His mother reaching back through the seats for him. He stretched out his arm, straining against the seat belt to reach her hand, as the car filled with light. He looked for his sister. The seat next to him was empty. He heard his mother scream, heard the howl of metal, a sickening lurch. The car began to roll. G stood staring at the two of them, her mother and brother locked together and oblivious to everything around them. Assam had his hand on their mother's shoulder. From time to time, he twitched. G had no idea what to do. She tried shouting in his ear, but he gave no sign that he'd heard. Sorry, she told him. Then she kicked him in the shins. Even without her boots, it was a solid shot. But nothing she wanted to pry those fingers off her mother's shoulder one by one she knew it was a bad idea to try she was afraid to touch him she'd seen what happened when his hand had locked onto their mother she didn't want to be trapped as he had been she thought for a moment weighing different ideas and then rejecting him nodding to herself g turned and walked away ten or fifteen paces Measuring the distance with her eyes. She went another ten steps more. She crouched down and ran full tilt towards him, launching herself against his body, knocking him to the ground. She rolled over and sat up. Assam lay nearby in a heap like a rag doll. She crawled over and patted his shoulder. Hey? He gave no response. She screamed, full-voiced, into his face. His eyes flickered, nothing more. Out of options, she slapped him, hard as she could. He let out a gasp and sat up, rubbing his cheek. He stared at her sullenly, a little woozy. "'Why'd you hit me?' "'I wanted to know if you were alive.' He waggled his jaw back and forth. "'Well, why didn't you just ask?' She helped him stand. He stood and watched their mother for a moment, still whispering. I wouldn't let go, huh? G nodded. It was like you were hypnotized or something. Hypnotized, he corrected, absently rubbing his cheek. She's stuck in there. In where? He shrugged. I don't know. inside. Somewhere inside. What happened to you? I was there, he said. I was with her. But where was he? Back in the car. He rubbed his eyes. It was happening all over again. What was? She asked with growing dread. The accidents, he told her. She's living it over and... And then, as if on cue, their mother began to scream, flailing about wildly in her chair, just like before. G grabbed her brother's arm. What's happening to her? Why is he doing that? She's still there, he said. In the car. I think she's... I think it keeps happening over and over again. The accident... Why? He looked down at their mother, his gaze a little cold to G's eyes like a doctor studying a patient. She didn't like who it reminded her of. He nodded as if confirming his diagnosis. I think she's punishing herself. Punishing herself? Over and over again, he looked at G. For letting us die. But... She stopped as the scream subsided, their mother calmly whispering once more, But we're not dead. She doesn't know that, he told her. All she remembers is the accident. Their mother whispered something. She looked to a psalm to translate. I let you fall, he told her. I let you drown. That's what she's saying. She was... "'saying it before, too, inside the car in the dream. "'Why?' "'He shook his head. "'I have no idea. "'They watched their mother for a moment. "'I could try knocking her over,' G said, "'like I did with you. "'What do you mean?' She explained how she had run at him, "'broken him loose from the magnetic pull of that shared nightmare.' that might work I don't think so I wasn't as deep as she is I knew where I was I knew who I was I'm not sure she does anymore she's been inside of this for too long so what should we do we have to go in after her he said it with his jaw set grim we have to get her back their mother started screaming again. G closed her eyes, covered her ears with her hands, shut it all out. Not enough. She could still hear her mother screaming herself hoarse. Then their mother once again settled back into that horrid rasp, that whisper. G lowered her hands and opened her eyes. You're going to have to be stronger than that, Assam told her. I'm going to need your help. G. nodded and took his hand, suddenly very glad that he was there with her. I'll touch your left shoulder, he said. You're on the right, just like in the back seat. But what if we get stuck like you did? He stood watching their mother for a long moment. I don't know, but we have to try. He squeezed her hand. You ready? She nodded. Okay. On three, then, he began to count. One. Two. Three. Together, they each put a hand on their mother's shoulder as she began to scream once more. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, Read a download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Please direct all inquiries to the attention of the author at www.tmcamp.com. If you are unable to access the Internet, spread a thin layer of peanut butter over a slice of whole wheat bread. Sprinkle it with unsalted sunflower seeds and place it on the sill of any second-story window in your home. When the blue jay arrives, whisper your request to her. She will pass it along. If you live in a home with only one story, move.